Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm powering through. This is a marathon recording session. It sure is. Because uh, we, we are... I'm not going to waste any time. We are once again joined by friend of the show, comedian Josh Fadum. Hi. And we've just finished recording. I just walked in. I've just seen <laughs> you just now for the first time in a long time. We've just finished recording our summer movie preview. Yeah. Our rest of the summer movie preview. Right. Uh, but this one will probably go up first. Yes. Yes. Uh, so... so You'll know later on that this is actually the other thing was I guess a prequel to this. Yeah, yeah. we should do like some uh, callbacks that will like make sense to people when they listen to the next episode. Yeah, the Expendables, <laughs> right? How about that? <laughs> no expen- one's gonna know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the movies that are, this summer sure has sucked. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, what we. <laughs> that's what we. We, we just saved we you two hours. <laughs> the summer has sucked, and we expect. It to pretty much mostly suck. With a yeah. couple key points of Inception, life. Inception, yeah. Scott yeah. Pilgrim. Yeah. Get low. Get low, yeah. Yeah. Um, predators. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll see about that one. Uh, now, before we uh, get into the topic today, uh, Josh, what's uh, what's been going on with you lately? You know, what's 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 going on with a Josh Fader? Well, I mean, what did I say last time I was asked that question? I don't know. You said a lot of things, and... Uh, I didn't really listen to them because uh, you, uh, you were trying to talk over Goebel. Yeah, okay. last time you were on, you had fairly recently been on Thirty Rock. That's right. Yeah, had I recently been on Thirty Rock, or it was it was the first time you were on? Since when was, you it, when was on? I on in fe- January or something? You were on. You were on uh, nineteen weeks. Nineteen ago. weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> Did that put it make it January February. That uh, would make it uh, there, yeah. January. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, it kind of feels just like yesterday. I was sitting in this chair. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that was a few months after the Thirty Rock thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then even then, it probably felt like God. That Thirty Rock thing was so long ago. Can't believe we're talking about that now. Mm. If I thought that now, like, oh, the Thirty Rock thing was so long ago. Well, uh, it's still very exciting for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I was in a couple of pilots that won't go forward, oh, and right. uh, I've been writing a lot of stand-up material. I've joined Twitter. I've got a lot of videos that the internet can look forward to watching. <laughs> some high concept and some um, big scale, mm-hmm. larger productions, and some very low-fi, short, smaller productions, like the one I put up last night of me and my dog. Yeah. You know, so you can expect all kinds of uh, viral enthusiasm coming from Josh Fatum. By way of Funny or Die and Facebook and Twitter. YouTube, I would say, but I tried to log into YouTube and they've got some new thing where it's like, you have to log in from your Google account and your old YouTube password uh, yeah. won't work. I, oh. I tried changing the password. I, I couldn't do it. I was like, so what? Am I, said, Am I just done with YouTube? I can't, I can't get anything up here. Hmm. Anyone? You no. know? Uh, Not interesting. Yeah, I just... I've got what is this, a, I've a got maintenance... Was this a maintenance podcast? <laughs> well, I've, talk about these these yeah. pilots. Yeah, what's or going can, on? What with can those? you tell us? Uh, you know, I mean, it's maybe not a good idea to talk about them okay. if I'm not gonna if they're not going forward. Or oh, all right. one of them I haven't heard if it's if it's going forward, and one of them I have heard it's not going forward. So it seems like it's not something that uh, seems like something that uh. uh I, what was the beginning of the sentence? I just shouldn't talk. I just figure, why talk about him? Hello, and welcome aboard the Battleship <laughs> Pretension. Um, well, th- but this was 
This pilot- Hello, welcome aboard a man having a personal meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> this pilot season, from a comedy standpoint, there were some great pilots out there. You read them? And they didn't... No, I mean just uh, based on cast and, and description. And But none of the good ones got picked up. There was the Paul Sims pilot, Beach Lane... Which is, that's the guy. I read that. I, I I was excited about that. Yeah, that was the guy who made did, did like, oh, news radio. I, oh, I get it. And it was Matthew Broderick and Nick Thune and some other people. Hmm. Um, that didn't get picked up. Did you see it? No. Oh, but you just read about it. Yeah, and then there was the the strip, which is the one from Tom Lennon and Ben Garant mm. that Dave Holmes was on. That, that didn't get picked up. Really? Then there was the one that uh, I can't remember. It's Ben Stiller and somebody else created one called The Station. Which is was a, just such a cool idea. Oh, it was, it was like a, a CIA thing. It was a CIA outpost in some like unnamed small South American country, and the idea was that the rest of all of the funding is going to the Middle East, and these guys are just like they don't have anything to do being in the CIA in South America. And there was a comedy pilot, and that sounds like such a great idea to me <laughs> that I'm bummed it didn't get picked up. That sounds pretty solid. Hang on, we gotta. We, oh, no, no, no. Speaking of maintenance. Uh, now, uh, without, uh, of course, going into any details, because I don't want you to get in any trouble, um, what, uh, did you have, like, a like a big role in these in these pilots, or, you know, just kind of um, a... One of them I had a pretty good role that was, like, a straight man, and I thought it was really funny. And, okay. Um, you know, it was, like, uh, sort of like, and then one of them, one of them was just, like, a smaller thing. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if the, the second one will go forward, or it was more of a pilot presentation, but the first one was, um... The first one was an official pilot. What's that? You got cops yeah, I outside? I think there's a man getting arrested out front of your Ooh, apartment. Really? Oh, man, this is not going to help people's uh, view of where <laughs> of I live. Beverly Hills. <laughs> outside Beverly Hills. Am yes, I gonna have to sh- Am I going to have to shut these blinds so that you guys don't get distracted? I don't know. A couple of motorcycles. He's giving, he's giving him a drunk test. He's like, do this. He's like, the cop is leaning his head back. Like, and then he's also pointing his watch. He's like, keeps tipping his head back. And the other guy's standing at attention. Oh man, <laughs> this is not going, oh. this is not breaking well for this guy. Yeah, he's got a truck. Going. He's a Latino gentleman with a truck. Oh, one guy's talking to him and creating a distraction while the other guy writes on his notepad. Well, he's the the cop behind him is getting on his hands and knees behind. Him. Oh, he's he's pushing him over. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he got happen. benched. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's what they called it when I was a kid. Oh, okay. They get, <laughs> you got benched. All right. Anything Scholars have a funny bit uh, about getting benched. Oh, really? What would, it, what would you think those cops would be really mad if we just tapped on the window? Like, <laughs> like, uh, excuse me, we're trying to record a podcast here. <laughs> and your presence is distracting us. And they're like, hey, is that Josh Fadum in there? <laughs> I saw you the on 30 Rock. The guy from that, uh, that pilot? Um, <laughs> I thought you were really funny on, on uh, Reno 911. On Reno 911. At first, I didn't recognize you because, you know, you're moving around so much. Um. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so I don't remember where we were, and I no, no, longer, just get into the I no longer care. Yeah, let's get into it, shall we? Don't talk about yeah. me. The uh, internet can find me on the internet. Um, Josh emailed us with an idea for the show, which was that he, uh, I guess you've been on a movie-watching binge of sorts I, I, lately. I, so I've been knocking out a lot of movies lately. I sort of like have budget. You know, like sometimes you'll go through a year where you're like, I watch movies all the time, and then another year you're like, oh, I can't seem to get any done. Yeah. Watched. And then somehow I've been budgeting my time where I, I've managed to watch one almost every day. I will say this. That's good. I've lived a lot of places in my life. David has lived uh, a few places. And really? we've known a lot of people. You might have seen more movies and know more movies than quite possibly anyone else I know. Would really? you say that's a fair assumption? Probably, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Really? I, yeah. I, I've been for more than a year. Been in that space you're talking about where I'm, I can't seem to watch movies. Yeah. But I'm, um, since I've like moved into a new place and I'm closer to work, my commute is a lot shorter. Uh, and I live with my girlfriend, so I'm not always like yeah. going to her house or her coming over. Like I have a lot more free time lately, and I so I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get back in that space I was in in college when. Uh, I did. I tried to watch at least one movie I'd never seen before every right. day. No. I, I write like, them all down too. I type them. I write down even if I've seen it or I haven't seen it before. I write it down. If I but I have to finish it. Yeah, you know, I have to go from beginning to end. Oh, of course. Um, although I did recently find myself in a situation where I was stuck watching Autumn in New York. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, and I did not wait uh, for the very end. Probably gave up about you know, or got to finally leave about. 10, 15 minutes toward... Do I, do I look funny? No, it's fine. Oh, you're kind of doing a... You're, yeah, you're oh, just uh, uh, sitting in kind of an odd uh, oh, position, yeah. but I guess I well, should Well, I'm full of Pepsi and pizza, that. so I'm sort of like, <laughs> uh, let's, uh, this is a good angle to digest. David, what are you doing? The cops! I'm watching. I was... <laughs> we I was have a guest Josh, I was going to let show. Josh have his monologue about watching movies. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you're like, I could just tune out here. Uh, this uh, thing uh, is... Uh, uh, <laughs> so what happened with Autumn in New York? Oh, I just didn't stay for the ending, and I still wrote it down on my list. There is some... <laughs> wow. There's a there's a big gun. <gasps> there's a... Oh, it's just a guy with a dog. It's just a guy with a dog. I was like, there's a dog. They're bringing in a dog. But that's just a guy walking with a dog. <laughs> but look at the... Come look at the, the back of this um, cop car. He's got a, a, a suitcase open with a blue thing, and then there's a big gun, and the flashing light is behind the big gun. You see that yeah, big that gun? Yeah, that is a big yeah. gun. Big shotgun. That's there. a big gun. Um, I cannot believe you're, you're, I... I called the last episode that Josh was on. I I titled it "Absolute Chaos." He found a way to top me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, now your your autumn in New York story reminds me of when I when I rented uh, "Sweet November" with Keanu Reeves and Charlize oh Theron. Oh my! Uh-huh. And I was watching it, and I, and I got to a point. I was like, I got to take a break. I can't. This is too terrible. I'm going to go get some food or something. So I, I like stopped it. You're watching it by yourself. I, yeah, I stopped the VCR oh. on your own will, free will. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. And I went and I like ate and came back a couple hours later and hit play, only to realize I was like 30 seconds from the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done that before, so I can't do it, take it anymore. It seems like it's never going to stop. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get to find out if um, Winona Ryder's character in Autumn in, in New York died or not. Is her name Autumn in New York? Did you just... It sounds like in you said, Autumn. Winona oh, okay. Ryder's character Autumn in New York died. Yeah. Is her name Autumn? Yeah. No. Oh no. man, that would be That'd that be a, would have been a, a really clever title. Extra yeah. shitty. Just well, you know, <laughs> like, like just right with Queen Latifah. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, uh, you know the thing about uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer, correct? Is her like, name Summer? Her, her name is Summer. And spoilers, everybody. He meets someone named Autumn. He meets someone named Autumn oh. at the at the end of the film and mm. looks at the camera. Mm. Smash cut to black. That's not true. No smash cut. Smash cut to. Uh, Hip, g- well-designed title sequence. Oh, that's right. Yes, oh. but that is the last shot. Every time anyone tells me anything about that movie, <laughs> I want it. It's uh, even when people are trying to tell me that, like, like trying it. to recommend it. It's the same no. thing with Kickass. Well, uh, I did not like Kickass. I won't see it. It looks so, horrible. I'm glad that you thought. Oh, did you like it? Did you I didn't see it. Here's here's what I what I said. The, um, so a while so back, uh, comedian Paul Tompkins said on Twitter, he said. Uh, I, why don't people understand why I don't want to go on chat roulette after they've already told me what it is? <laughs> That's how I feel about Kick-Ass. Like, even someone who's telling me how much they love Kick-Ass, when they're describing it, they're describing what sounds like a terrible movie to me. And, and, and they're like, 
when people say like why don't you want to watch kick-ass well because i know what it's about some people really like it though like uh you're you're saying that the actual even the concept of kick-ass bothers you it just seems like someone put in like designed some algorithm like let's make the perfect movie for fanboys graphic violence uh superheroes uh cuss word in the title and uh Oh, apparently a foul-mouthed, sexualized 11-year-old girl is exactly what everyone yeah, wants. Yeah, goes, hey, you cunts. Ugh. It's, oh, Ugh. It was so, it's so stupid, you know? And, and I imagine, like, the, when they're making the movie, they look at the movie and they think, like... Uh, they, I imagine the filmmakers, like, editing it and shooting it and thinking, like, everyone's going to be high-fiving at this. <laughs> you know, like, yo, that was so awesome! The little girl said, take that, you cunts! Oh, and of course, the other fanboy element is that everyone in the movie has to be white. Mm. Yeah, man, why do you always got to turn something <laughs> racial or political? Um, well, apparently, I mean, I think we've learned that there's a lot of racism among, among fanboys. If you've been following this uh, this campaign to get Donald Glover to play uh, Sp- uh, Spider-Man in the in the reboot, oh really? And who like, is Donald Glover? Uh, Community. He's from Community and Derek okay. Comedy. Do you do you watch Community? No. Oh. I didn't know that there was a campaign to get him to It was on Twitter, uh, a Twitter campaign. It was like, uh, you're supposed to hashtag like uh, Don for Spider-Man or something like that. To oh, get okay. Donald. And it, honestly, I think Donald Glover is, it would be a great Peter Parker. But there was a bigger than expected backlash of like nerds saying like, look, I'm not racist, but Spider-Man's not black. It, you know, that kind of thing. And that really uh, surprised and upset me. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think if it would bother me. I think I'm just bothered. Why, why would it? Oh, I'm just bothered more that they feel like they have to reboot it. So that is making the whole discussion moot. It's like we were we had a Spider we're Spider-Man three. Why do we need to go all the way back to a fucking origin story? Oh, because Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire don't want to do it anymore. Well, no. so what? Make uh, just recast the roles. And I, no one instead of making us sit through like. He Another bit, origin story. Yeah, he yeah. gets bit by a spider. You know, like big deal. You know, they yeah. recast Val Kilmer as Batman. Of course, the franchise died after that, but like, it's still. You know, I'm sure you could find several instances where they just continue carrying it on, but like, you know, I, recast I, it. There's a reason. Like, I don't understand why movie adaptations of comic books always feel like they have to do the origin story first because no, generally superhero comics. Uh, these big things didn't start with an origin story. You, yeah. g- you maybe got it later, or you got like some sort of like a, a page worth of panels saying yeah. by radioactive spider. Yeah. You know, well, now he's got powers, and, uh, and then yeah. yeah, we jump in, and he's a superhero. Now, and admittedly, then once we're in- invested, we get we can get the origin story. The first Tim Burton Batman, actually, you see much like that. You see yeah. like flashbacks to the origin story, uh, which of course it mangles and makes uh, Jack Napier responsible for Bruce Wayne's parents' death, but. Um, it does start with Batman having already been established. People kind of know who he is. He's putting himself out there. And so they actually, with that one, it's just like, ah. Yeah, that's the right way to do it. I mean, yeah. occasionally, like, I, I Batman agree. Begins was great. but uh, what, what was great? Batman Begins. Yeah. But I think... But The Dark Knight was better. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, disagree. I actually like Batman Begins more. Oh. <gasps> um, Sacrilege! But I think the way to go with these, especially... The difference between, like, Batman is not supernatural. Right. The way to go with these supernatural heroes, I think, is to just throw us in and let us get to believe the character for first. Yeah. And then have this hokey, like, 
How did you become science. what you became? Well, yeah. five minutes of of exposition, or five <laughs> yeah. minutes of flashbacks. <laughs> to the credit of uh, the the. The Incredible Hulk, the the film that came out a couple years ago with mm-hmm. Edward Norton, uh, that one they they said it was like a reimagining or a reboot, but they also treated it like a sequel insofar as they didn't do anything origin related in that. Oh, good. They just assume that you either know it or maybe you've seen the one from a few years ago, and it just jumps in, and this is just a uh, con- his the condition that he's in. And still, no one saw it. <laughs> I saw it, but no it one did. talks about it. who who talks about like you know the great comic book movies like. The Dark Knight and the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. No one's talking about the Incredible. Hulk. Well, that's the thing is, Incredible Hulk had the un- had the misfortune to come out the same year as Dark Knight and Iron Man, right. which are two vastly superior superhero movies. Right. Now, if it were coming out this summer, we might give a shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I think I didn't see Clash of the Titans or Incredible Hulk, but I think Louis Leterrier needs to stick to s- smaller budget action movies cuz the like, the transporter uh, movies are great. Unleashed? That was a good one. I love Unleashed. Yo, my dog. Was that him? Is that him? Yeah. That was the same guy who did the transporter? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know about, I don't know about the transporter, but Luis Luis Letiere did Yo, my dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, well, I heard that was great. And the transporter movies are good and I think Wait, you haven't seen Unleashed? No. Oh, you will love it more than anyone else in this room. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. You know what would be a fun uh, uh, double feature? But no, no, not they're not not so the same. But just I was just thinking, Unleashed and Taken were two like cheesy movies that like I went to see thinking like this would be a fun thing to like make fun of and laugh at, and thought like these were mm-hmm. both fun action movies. Yeah, and both uh, French in origin. Aha, uh-huh. that's true. Yeah, these French guys are learning how to make action movies. Although I didn't yeah. see that. F- that new that Tra- Travolta looks like a weird oh, from Paris, Paris with Love, with Love? Yeah. yeah what a weird movie that I, I didn't like. see it but like what a weird but concept for a movie I, I often say and I've said many times on this show one of the best action movies of the, the last decade was District B13 which was a French action movie still haven't seen it and there's a sequel that's essentially just the same story <laughs> I think oh, okay. uh, just trying to I, I, guess, I, I guess they're essentially remaking the movie oh okay well, but it's got to yeah. stick with what works. Um, but yeah, District B thirteen is great. But uh, yeah, that's why uh, it, it seems like from what I'm hearing from these bigger budget action movies that uh, Louis Leterrier would do better if he had less to work with. I think you, you he know? did a pretty okay job with the Incredible Hulk. It's not a great movie or anything, but the action sequences are pretty mm-hmm. solid, um, and I, I uh, enjoyed it uh, significantly more than I thought I would. But All right, well, um, let's get to what we're actually talking exactly. about. Exactly. Speaking of movies that David and I haven't seen. Yeah, uh, Josh wanted to recommend some movies to us and to you, the listeners. Right. Um, I sent you guys a list of of some of my favorites uh, or ones that I... Are they still out there? No, the they're past? gone. All right. As soon as I start talking, <laughs> David stands up and like, Aboard! Yeah. <laughs> Aboard! Yeah, wh- what kind of complex are you trying to give our guest? <laughs> it's just like, no, 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 uh, do your little dance. I'll be over here. <laughs> let's give the floor to Josh. Whoa, what's outside? <laughs> A uh, kid on a bicycle. Fascinating. <laughs> oh, your wife's a photographer. Um, uh, so I sent you guys a list beforehand of ones yeah. that I particularly like. Do you remember them at all? I can pull it and, up. Or had you, had you heard of any of them? I had not seen any of them. I think I had heard of some of them, but I had not seen any of them. Uh-huh. Well, let's start. Let's ask you which ones you've heard of. I'll, I'll start with, with the most recent um, release of them all, which I watched uh, last week, uh, which was Paul Schrader's The Walker. Do you remember this? It came out about in 2007. Uh, so it Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember it, but I, I did not see it. I thought I was very surprised by it. I thought it was very good. Um, 
and uh, uh, I thought it was one of the best dramatic character Woody Harrelson performances I'd ever seen. And I like Paul Schrader. I think he's a, a so great always interesting. Uh, writer, director. Did you see uh, Adam Resurrected? No. With uh, Jeff Goldblum? No, is that it recent? Is, uh, it came out, I think, two years ago. Um, very, very limited release. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it is... And I don't say this lightly. I think Jeff Goldblum, much like Christopher Walken, has become something of a, not necessarily a joke, but people view him more as like a collection of mannerisms than an actual actor. Right. But I think he can be a, an amazing actor. Right. And I he would kind say... Kind of all his Tim and Eric appearances and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, Makes it seem like, yeah. I'm a, 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 a Jeff Goldblum. Ah, uh, ah, ah. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Oh. It's, um, <laughs> whereas, uh, so. but if you look at him in like The Fly or something like that, yeah. he, I mean, he can be a really powerful actor and then but then i saw uh adam resurrected and i would say that is my not only my favorite performance of his but i would say that is the best i've ever seen him Uh because he is at times very funny but then he can twist that around and be very poignant right uh, and very awkward like there's a it's a pretty weird strange story uh, but it's got Willem Dafoe in it, and it's just a. He's a Willem Dafoe must be like Paul Schrader's good luck charm or something because he's in yeah. a lot of Paul Schrader's movies. Yeah, stuff he's written and directed. Uh huh. Yeah, and um, it, it seems like Paul Schrader as a director, it feels like is someone who he's always off the direct radar. Yeah. Um, no one is ever really watching what he's doing, but he's always doing something. Well, oh, not all. Always, I don't know if anyone saw the the uh, his Exorcist prequel that got released to like two screens. I yeah. liked it. You I, liked it? I thought it was yeah. dreadful. I thought it was. Uh, I wanted it was it fascinating. To be so much, yeah, but I it wanted was, it to be a lot better than it was. Yeah, I didn't see Rennie Harlan's Exorcist prequel. Neither did I. Yeah, but uh, I saw his. Um, but uh, ignoring that, I I, th- I think he's always you know I also I can't. I can't attack that Exorcist prequel too much. I'm sure he was he was attacked by the studios mm-hmm. and everyone was trying to dip their hands into it and make it a franchise and he was taking over for John Frankenheimer who died and mm-hmm. rewrote the script and then he got, you know, uh, a new star at the last second and or whatever however many reasons. I'm sure there was it had everything counting against it. But um anyway, um you know, with movies like he always seems to make like the strangest, most conflicted male, um, oh, yeah. male lead characters, and they're always, you know, they, you know, whether they're like drug addicts or uh, or gay or uh, alcoholics, working class, al- working yeah. class, you know, sociopaths or whatever, yeah, um, uh, like American Gigolo and Taxi Driver and stuff like that. But uh, this one, um, uh, it's like Woody Harrelson is a. Uh, the son of you know a really prestigious guy from like a senator from Washington who everyone respects and the senator's dead and you know so and he was the son of someone else so he had like a legacy thing going and then everyone's like you we expected so much from you your father would have been proud of you but really what he does during the day is walk as he serves as an escort to like oh, senators' wa- wives and stuff um, it's like he's got like the the prissiest gayest job ever and he just sits and sits with them plays cards with them and gossips or whatever but he gets wrapped up because in uh scandal because um uh Kristen scott thomas's character uh, has arranged to sleep with this one guy uh and and then she goes in there to find out that he's been murdered and uh so he agrees because he was going to visit him later that day that he won't say anything about the murder uh and then it's you know 
a big scandal um, mm. unfolds or whatever. I don't know if I made it sound good. I, I'm not really good. good at describing movies, you know. Uh, uh, it was good, but like, but all, I mean, all you had to say is Woody Harrelson being, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sub- subdued a little bit. He's, sub- I mean, he he's playing a kind of broad but subdued at the same time. Like he's like. His character is very much like this. He's very <laughs> sort of smug and smarmy and lazy, and he knows all the details about everything. Like, there's one part that's interesting where he's asked someone, like, and, and, and there's these little subtleties of the way that his character's written that I think are great. Like, every time he gets in a situation where uh, he's, like, slightly uncomfortable, he brings up something clever, some piece of gossip, or... Oh, like I think he's talking to like Warren McCall or Lily Tomlin's character, and they're talking about something. And then, you know, it's in Washington, so it's all about politics. But he's like, he's like, do you know what actors played presidents of the United States more than any other actor? And like, <laughs> like he just does that as a distraction. And then they're like, oh, Charlton Heston, close. He only did it twice. It was ripped on, <laughs> or something like that. You know, and. uh uh, it's it's yeah. I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, Woody Harrelson is is an actor that uh, has the ability to play both broad yet incredibly specific and nuanced at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, like his character in The Messenger, which was my favorite movie of last uh-huh. year. I didn't see it, but um, it was really good. I mean, his character is is, is kind of crazy at times, kind of over the top and strange, while also being very. Uh, he can like turn around and and be s- very small and subtle and he's just like in the and but often at the same time like he can be giving this huge crazy thing but if you look at his eyes his eyes are doing something very small and if you don't even really take the time to look you might not even notice it um but you realize that he's actually he's like trying to distract you with the broad comic stuff while delivering a really specific committed subtle performance yeah. it's really he's he's really a fascinating if, actor. And if you want to talk about subtle woody harrelson we've talked multiple times in the show about his performance in brad anderson's tra- trans-siberian oh yeah i've never seen that oh it's so great and yeah. he plays i say this all the time like in, in a normal like it's a thriller you know in in, in your run-of-the-mill thriller or somewhat actiony type road movie there's your hero and then there's the girlfriend mm-hmm. like she might be you know, interesting or funny or something, but she's the girlfriend. She's supporting him. And what Trans-Siberian does uh, wonderfully is switch that dynamic so yeah. that um, uh, Emily uh, Mortimer? Yeah. Emily Mortimer is the is the lead, and her husband, played by Woody Harrelson, is the essentially the supportive girlfriend role that you've seen yeah. in so many of these, these genre-type movies, and he's... He's he's just great. There's no scenery chewing, which he's good at, but, you know, like in Zombieland or whatever. He's he's just a great. It's a it's a great performance in a in in every sense of the word, a, a great supporting performance and a good and a good role in general. Because often with the supportive girlfriend, they're usually pretty two dimensional. They are the girlfriend and they are supportive. Uh-huh. I think that's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> Whereas with this one, in switching it, they also felt like well. While Emily Mortimer is undoubtedly the lead, we could just relegate this guy to being, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, like the damsel in distress. Right. Uh, but he's not. He actually, and as you're watching it, you really feel like he's not going to be playing much of a role in this at all. But no, he's there. He's there for yeah. the action sequences, but they don't, 
and he's not necessarily like a manly man. He's he's kind of passive at times, but they don't play that up too much either. Yeah. And so and that's the thing is with a different actor uh, or a lesser actor, I really think the the character could have gone too much one way or too much the other. But uh, yeah. he finds just the right notes to play. But it also is just a it's a really great script. Yeah. That they're yeah. working with, and so that's that. I know this is Fatum recommends. Yeah. No but Bax recommends Trans Siberian. Uh, I will check that one it. out. Trans Siberian. And Smith recommends Adam Resurrected. See, we, <laughs> I can, will check we that can all out take too. part. Yeah, see, I knew that this would be it. You'd be like, oh, I've seen the movies. Oh, you just talk. But I knew <laughs> if I started talking, we'd have a lot to talk That's a great about. impression are you a, of David. It's great. Speaking it's of Trans Siberian, yeah. Josh, are you a fan of, of Brad Anderson as a filmmaker? He did Session 9 and The uh, Machinist. And, I, uh, I liked Session 9 okay, and I never saw The Machinist. I liked The Machinist a lot. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I still need to see The Machinist. But then also he's also done Trader, some. Uh, I, I think uh, Blue Collar is also worth checking out. That's what oh, I that's I never saw. That's and with uh, is Richard Pryor in Richard that? Richard Pryor, Yafik okay. Koto, and Harvey Keitel. Also, oh, like watch, watch, watch Blue Collar, and then watch watch it with the commentary because the commentary is great, and he mm-hmm. talks about a lot of sort of crazy dirt about the fighting. There was fighting and just complete fury that was going on behind the scenes, um, and he was he says you know, you know like. For example, Richard Pryor's improvisational guy, mm. so he's good for like one or two takes and he's done. And Harvey Keitel's methods, so he needs like fifteen to warm up, and yeah. like, and it just caused all this major conflict. Um, and then he, to, I mean, I guess to go back to to Schrader, like uh, he did uh, a movie affliction that I love. Really I love Affliction. He did one again with Willem Dafoe, drug addict movie, Light uh, Sleeper. Light Sleeper. I like that movie a lot too, which I think is really great. Uh, yeah. He did a. A very yeah, autofocus is also great. Uh, David hates autofocus. I correct? Hated, oh, I, I, I think I, it's I great. Like that much. Yeah. I think it's the, the best Greg Kinnear performance uh, of mm. anything that uh, Greg Kinnear, you know, puts out there. Here's the thing: is as strange as some people might even chuckle at the idea of like, oh, that's the greatest Greg Kinnear performance. That's that's like a he's he's probably got at least five really solid performances. He's one of my favorite actors. Like I really, really I I see Greg Kinnear in a movie and I think Greg Kinnear. But I, like, I but, but, but he's he's he he can do something when he's not one trying to like win an Oscar. Okay. Which seems like I always do and I was like was that like um Stroke of Fortune or whatever it's called. Flash of Genius. Flash of Genius. <laughs> Invention of Windshield Wipers. You know, yeah. something like that. It's just remember the trailer for that and it's like thinking like this looks like generic Oscar bait. Uh, but which, I, if you think about the movies, uh, he's a really fluid, versatile actor. If you think about the movies that he's good in, yeah. it's autofocus, as good as it gets, and stuck on you. <laughs> like <laughs> movies that are couldn't be more dissimilar. Oh, yeah. And and that's the thing is uh, you and I don't like Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. but it's not because he of him. him. He's really great in it. Oh, he's, I, yeah, I've never the, seen Little Miss Sunshine. He's the father. And he's an interesting actor because he's a good-looking guy. He can seem... He can seem like a very effortless. I mean, he played uh, the William Holden role in the remake of Sabrina, which is like this guy who can just you know, who's walking on sunshine, and he just he can he can do no wrong. Right. But he, so he could play only those roles. But often, like in uh, The Matador and Little Miss Sunshine, he plays guys who are kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of not necessarily bumbling, but they just can't seem to get it together. Spineless, kind of. Spineless, pesky, maybe a little bit, or like. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say annoying, or but like just like not not pesky. Maybe like gets walked on by life. Yeah, I mean, just guys who can't really get it together, you right? Know? And so, uh, but he plays he plays it all with total commitment. And while Flash of Genius, the film, is kind of a general Oscar bait, or at the very least, an uh, Independent Spirit Award 
uh, kind of movie. Right. Um, his performance is, of course, wonderful in it. Really? Because I didn't there, see it. There are moments in it where, uh, where you legitimately start to feel like, I think this guy might be pushing it too far. Not, not the actor, the character. Uh-huh. Because he's pushing this court case, and you're like, I don't think he's going to win. I think he should probably just cut his losses and let it go. Right. Uh, and so your sympathy is not necessarily with him in a, in a, in a movie where you assume you're just always going to be with this guy and he right. can do no wrong. Right. Um, and that's, yeah, Kinnear is great. And he is really amazing in autofocus. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's he's a very uh, creepy, good, depraved movie. Uh, yeah. So I think Paul Schrader's specialty is depravity. Also, hardcore. I was going to bring up hardcore. That's, do you like that one? I like it. It's it's not. It's you not can't as say good. It's a good movie, but yeah. it is a great watch and an ama- and a really solid performance by George, George C. C. Scott. Scott. I was really into George C. Scott for a long time, and I saw that and really loved it. And it, Peter it, Boyle. Peter yeah. Boyle's great uh-huh. in it too. Also, everyone's good in that. But yeah. wait, I want to move on to uh, some I, of these other movies. I just I wanted to recommend that people. Uh, you mentioned the commentary in Blue Collar. People should listen to listen to Paul Schrader's commentary on the Criterion Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, I haven't uh, listened to that. Uh, it's fascinating, and he comes across as just a really. Just glib, smug dick, but a guy who has earned his glibness and smugness by being really smart and really talented. And he's right. earned his dickness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of George C. Scott, there's an actor who, it's not a George C. Scott movie, but there's an actor who I have kind of discovered or for, for myself, you know, that, uh, that I, you know, I guess I'd seen him as a kid but didn't realize how great he was. Lee J. Cobb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love him. And, um... You know, he's. I'd seen him in Twelve Angry Men. I thought that guy's fantastic, and I'd seen him yeah. in this um, Jules Dassin movie called Thieves Highway, where he's just, uh, he just steals the pic- the whole movie's amazing, Thieves mm-hmm. Highway. But but he just steals the show as the sort of the bad guy, and uh, and I was just thinking, I was like, what are some other good Lee J Cobb performances? And yeah, I will say, Lee J Cobb is, he's. I know on the waterfront is yeah. is one, but like, wait, what did you say? The Hustler? He's not in that. Oh, George C. Scott is in that. George C. Scott, yes. yes. Yeah, and, and I would say that Lee J. Cobb, he's kind of like a mix between George C. Scott and John Goodman. Um, yeah. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Because he's, he's kind of got the this thing, and he's yeah. got the bigger thing, and he's more smoothed over than George yeah. C. Scott. But uh, I, uh, so I was talking to Phil, who owns Cinephile, where I work sometimes. Great store. Please come visit. Um, Corner of Santa Monica and Sawtell. Yes. No. And he was saying, well, you got to see Party Girl. Um, directed by Nick Ray. And this is not the Parker Posey. No, vehicle. no, no. This is oh, from the fifties, and I don't. I'm pretty sure it's not a remake. Pretty positive it's not a remake. I've never seen the Parker Posey one, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Party Girl, directed by Nicholas Ray of Rebel Without a Cause and Bigger Than Life fame, um, stars uh, Sid Charisse and uh, Lee J. Cobb, and uh, who's the other guy who plays who plays the uh, lead? Anyway, um, Party Girl for what the movie's about is not the best title. It seems like it's going to be about, oh, it's a party girl or something, but it's actually... It does a, seem like, yes, it would have you be seen about it? a party... No, I'm just saying, you said the title Party Girl would make it seem like it's about a party party girl, and I think you're not really going out on too many limbs by saying that. Yes, I, I'd say that's about right. Yeah, and that's I saw a Party like. Girl, and you look at the poster, and it's like, oh, it's got this girl on it. Oh, it's mm-hmm. boring. It's actually an awesome... Mafia movie, really? Oh, yeah, cool. and uh, and it stars, you know, Sid Charisse, and she's got a couple of great dance numbers. She's beautiful, and she's a real great dancer, and she got mm-hmm. long legs. And the guy, and Robert Taylor is the name of the lead, who plays a lawyer for the mob in Chicago, um, and and he's always stuck by Lee, Lee J. Cobb's character, who is basically based on Al Capone. And there's a All scene right. 
where he does that sort of De Niro, Al Capone, and Untouchables enthusiasms type thing, where he's mm-hmm. talking about like this guy's so great. I want to give him this award and blah blah blah, and then he beats the guy over the, to death with the with the award or whatever. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Lee J. Cobb's awesome in it, and the movie is really engrossing and great. And I found myself going <gasps> like at things at the end. So if you're looking for a good mob movie uh, and a great uh, Lee J. Cobb performance, uh, I recommend Nicholas Ray's Party Girl. Oh, it's a, I didn't even hear you say it was a Nicholas Ray movie. He yeah. said Nick Ray. He's on a I said Nicholas casual. Ray, Rebel Without a Cause. I'm over here looking up Lee J. Cobb movies on IMDb on my phone. Well, he uh, there was a there was a series that's on uh, on DVD, and I don't remember what uh, what it specifically ca- what the series is called. But basically, uh, they were committed to putting theatrical productions on film, but not just filming a stage. Like they actually built a stage. They built a set as if it were in a, you know, in a theater, uh-huh. uh, a live theater. But they would also they would move the camera around in it, so you felt like you were watching a play, but it was also unmistakably a film. Uh-huh. But there, there's clearly a staginess to it, and so they did Death of a Salesman uh-huh. with Lee J. Cobb as, as Willie Loman, and it is phenomenal. I've heard that. Uh, I even heard. Uh that uh, Arthur Miller uh, said that um, that's Death of a Salesman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthur mm-hmm. Miller said that Lee J. Cobb was his favorite Willie Loman. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and of anyone. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking and really. Uh, he's. I, I have to see that. Lee J. Cobb is a. He's. He's a very. Every once in a while, this happens to me. Like I'll run across uh, an actor that I really love, but they always seem they kind of play working class characters or just no nonsense type characters. Uh-huh. Um, so much so that. The characters they play, they would ne- they would never be they could never be bothered with acting, you know, like right. Humphrey Bogart. You can I have a hard time imagining Humphrey Bogart like sitting and looking at a script and being like, oh, I got to memorize these lines. Mm-hmm. Just like what Sam Spade doesn't memorize lines, you know. And <laughs> I feel the same way about Harrison Ford. It's like Indiana Jones yeah. doesn't go in uh, yeah, oh. script, <laughs> script, script, and read the lines. <laughs> <laughs> when I read the lines in the script, and, uh, and the script's not right, I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, Josh Fadum as Harrison Ford. Uh, um, that reminds me of Humphrey Bogart real quick. This is okay. an interjection. You were going to say that about Lee J. Cobb? Yeah, the, he, play, he tends to play very blue-collar, or at least like very tough guys. You you have a hard time imagining him as like going through the actor's process. Right. But... Uh, but he seems very methody to me, like like from the from the you know everyone who's in on the waterfront, you know, from that same oh, yeah. camp or whatever. Yeah. He's also I I can't remember his part, but everyone uh, I say Lee J. Cobb, they're like, oh, The Exorcist. Yeah. yeah, and oddly enough, that part was then played in The Exorcist Three by George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Oh, wow. that's supposed to be the same character. I think so. Yeah, I did not know that. And it should also be Lee- noted that in the remake of Twelve Angry Men, George C. Scott played Lee J. Cobb's character, David, in the William and Friedkin. Lee J. Cobb yeah. was also in the Brothers Karamazov, which I do not recommend. It's, it's not bad. A, not I've heard a good it's not movie. very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Shatner's in it. It's not very good. I think he was Oscar nominated for that role. Oh, Is really? He good in it. Who Shatner? Cobb. Oh, um, honestly, sure. I don't remember. I just I, I tend I, not to I remember. I also films watched I Man like of the much. West uh, with Lee J. Cobb. Okay. I wanted to tell a Bogart story. Okay, okay go ahead. Because I saw this film back in uh, in college. I took a class on war propaganda films. And there's this film made in the 1940s that has, like, every major star in it. And it's not really... 
there's not really much of a story in the movie at all. It's just sort of like let's get all these stars and like mm-hmm. we'll do like a review. There'll be some musical numbers, and it was clearly just it was just a movie saying like buy war bonds. That yeah. was kind of the point of the movie. But there's this great scene where Humphrey Bogart shows up. They're all supposed to be at this one. All the stars are supposed to be at this one place, and Humphrey Bogart shows up and he doesn't have his identification, and the the guard. It's just like this regular, like rent a cop security guard gives him this just total dressing down. Yeah, and it's it's Bogart, you know, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, that guy really gave me what for." I hope none of my fans hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really great scene, but I can't remember the name of the movie at all. That's you don't awesome. remember what movie that is from? I don't remember the name of the movie, but you could if you typed in the if you like look search for those those things that. It, just the uh, Bogart, Bogart security guard, and it just it just looked up a movie that it was a a movie that was essentially just an advertisement to buy war bonds. There's not a story to it. It's right, yeah, it, and it's got a whole bunch of people from the early '40s in it. I am fascinated by the idea of watching somebody yell at Bogart and he doesn't slap him. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he just feels like he he would. That's the thing is some there are some actors who feel like when you watch them you feel like. These guys would slap actors, but they are actors. I don't see it. I don't Lee see Marvin how this works. Also, uh, oh, Lee Marvin's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ray Winstone. He's oh my yes. Yeah, yeah. I d- but I bring that up because uh, I worked on Beowulf. Yeah, I worked. Uh, you know, I saw Ray Winstone work every day, and he's he's the greatest guy in the world. He's yeah. one of the most personable, friendly people in how the world. How cool is it that Ray Winstone got the lead in the big time movie, even though no one talks about Beowulf. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, he, and he's like kind of a heavier dude, but he was CG to look like a muscle man. Yeah. I do remember when I first heard that he was getting cast, I was like, wow, they're really thinking outside the box with this, having like this big guy be the lead of this film. And then you watch it, you're like, oh, I, I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I guess I should have anticipated that, that he would be, you know. Although I think uh, Ray Winstone said, uh, he goes, oh, yeah, that's how he looked in high school. <laughs> so, um, so what else is on uh, what else does Phantom recommend what else do I have well uh, I guess I'm sort of jumping around on the list I have I guess I'll squeeze two together by saying I watched two uh, sort of pre uh, Hopk- Anthony Hopkins fame uh, Hopkins starring horror movies which were both classy and uh, well made one was Magic and the other was Audrey Rose. Have you seen either of those? I've heard of both of them. But Magic has is a ventriloquist dummy, correct? Uh, that's Mag- that's okay. uh, Richard Attenborough. Oh, um, nice. Uh, directed that. And, uh, and it's got uh, Anthony Hopkins as sort of a hack. Um, he's sort of a hack uh, ventriloquist guy. And then he, but then he starts getting really big and really good. And, uh, and, and he's becoming obsessed. And then you don't know if the puppet is in his mind or, you know, because sometimes the puppet's talking to him and you don't know if it's in his mind or if he's... Uh, you know, talking. It's a little. It's not amazing, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it creepy? Ventriloquist. Yeah, it's creepy. very creepy. There's All a right. lot of parts, and it's you know, it's it's well. The editing is good, and the way that it's sort of edited, the way that he he talks to the puppet, and the puppet sort of lays there dead, but you still hear the voice, and hmm. and you know, he he. I think he became. He learned how to do ventriloquism. I don't know. Oh. Maybe it's just fancy editing. If it is, it's good editing. Um, but uh, he's really good in it, and. Um, uh, he and Anne Margaret are in the movie, and um, the other one, Audrey Rose, is directed by Robert Wise. Mm. And uh, oh. you know, Robert Wise is another director who, like, even when he got really old, he still knew how to like do inventive 
horror movie type things, you know, Mm -hmm. like he was doing, I would say that it's sort of like, it's sort of a trickle down from the exorcist, you know, like from that era, because it's like a little girl and she's sick or there's something wrong with her. For those who don't know, Robert Wise did uh, the original, the haunting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He did the haunting and he did the original Star Trek, the movie, day the earth stood still. West side story. Uh West side story. Not that that's a horror movie. Um, He did. He started out making Val Luton, uh, horror movies for RKO and he started out as an editor for RKO and for Orson Welles yep uh, and moved on to other technical things and uh, he made the sound of music and I believe did he do West Side Story too yeah yeah anyway and he did uh, The Setup which is a great uh, film noir boxing movie that's uh, really solid oh I never saw that oh it's wonderful but uh, Audrey Rose is really fun and and it's sort of like I guess you could best describe it kind of like a Hindu exorcist oh nice Uh, but like you know because it's like Anthony Hopkins plays a father whose um, daughter was murdered not murdered was killed in a horrible accident and uh, she died and her soul uh, went into a baby who was born at that very moment and then he's, you know, he's it. Op- it basically begins with, you know, the girl, the family, and he's tracked down the girl or whatever, and he's trying to convince the family. Like, um, Marsha Mason plays the mother, you know, that that uh, my my entire family was was murdered in, in, in an accident, and um, and reincarnated. My my daughter was reincarnated into your daughter, you know, and the girl's having these horrible That's dreams. A great Marsha Mason. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh. Sh- so, I don't know, there's just a lot of cool, creepy, iconic imagery in the movie. And, uh, you know, the one thing that is annoying is, like, the dad character is very much the naysayer character where he's like, well, this guy's clearly an idiot. This guy's, he's bonkers, okay? And I want him to leave my family alone. Like, mm-hmm. that that act, that character is, you know, kind of relentlessly that character. But yeah. it's still a lot of fun, you know, and, you know, he serves the um, the plot. So I recommend doing a nice... Anthony Hopkins' double feature of Magic and Audrey Rose. This is, uh, what do you wow. think of Anthony Hopkins, by the way, as uh, an actor? I mean, I think he's great, but he can't, you know, he can't. It's sort of like when, when, for his faults, you're like, well, uh, he, he's Anthony Hopkins. Like, he cannot do an American accent to save his life. I think he's even supposed to be American in Magic. Uh, but, uh, cause he, I think he's like, went to high school with Anne Margaret, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because they're talking about, why didn't you make a move on me then? Or why, I, lo- I sure did like you back then. And then he's like, I, I think I was too afraid. I was too afraid to make a move. Or something like that. <laughs> you know, but it's like, he wouldn't have that thick of an accent. But uh, he's we, great in both those movies, you know? We talked in the the summer movie preview episode, which you'll hear in a couple of days, about, about Al Pacino. And I feel like Hopkins has kind of become... That thing where he's got certain, he's got certain ticks, or he's got like this uh, default setting uh-huh. that he that probably started with Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, that he kind of relies on. Like, if you ever saw, uh, if you want to make have uh, a good laugh, go. I don't know if you're about to mention this or not. If you want to have a great laugh, go online and do a YouTube search for the trailer for the movie Instinct. Oh, I've seen <laughs> Instinct. <laughs> oh man, the trailer. I have not seen Instinct, but I remember my friend and I when it was coming out would mock the trailer uh, endlessly because it just looks so bad. You know, it's got all these, like, Oscar winners, and, like, um, I think it's got the music in it that goes, da-dun, 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 da-dun. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we always used to quote this line, like, he's got his arm around Cuba Gooding Jr., and he goes, you never had control. You only thought you had it. Yeah. <laughs> but and, I was and just it's got Donald Sutherland going, he, he, he lives with the apes. He takes on their behavior. 
commits murder or something like that. It just looks really stupid. and um, makes you laugh. Yeah, and I, I was just going to bring up Fracture, which was... Oh, I didn't see that. Kind of a cool... Uh, fracture. Movie, you but... You fractured it, your boat, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really was just, what, what if Hannibal Lecter was a rich architect who killed his wife? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did kill my wife. Oh, didn't I? I t- there's no way you could prove it. I've got an alibi. What if I confessed to it? And I still couldn't, you just couldn't prove it after that. <laughs> he's, he's a weird actor because I, I feel like he's something of an overactor at times. Uh, and, and he has those tics that you're talking about. You never had control. You never thought you had it. That's the one. <laughs> but they, they are fun to watch. Like, I, when I was wa- okay, Particularly I when saw- he's younger. That's why I, I like these two movies. You know, it's, it's, it's before The Elephant Man, even. Yeah, oh, he was in uh, The Lion in Winter as uh, Richard, uh-huh. and uh, he uh, has a lot of funny, like, a lot of solid comic lines in there, and uh, it, it's amazing. Like, he was a working actor that people yeah, kind of knew about a little bit, and then Silence of the Lambs comes along, and now everyone knows everyone him. And, knows and he's he suddenly is. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Right. Which he actually gave Merchant. up to be an American citizen. I respect that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Good for him. That's right. Um, um, he's, uh, you know, and, and all that Merchant Ivory stuff yeah. also probably made him respected. He's great in yeah. Shadowlands. I don't know if you saw that one. It, no, I never saw it. Remains of the Day is my favorite Merchant Ivory movie and is, uh, it's just a great movie. All Have you seen it? Either of you? No. Remains which, of the Day? It, which one is first? Howard's End or Remains of the Day? I think Remains of the Day was first. Is that that's trilogy just Shadowlands, Howard's in Remains of the Day? No, in Shadowlands he plays C.S. Lewis. Yeah. And uh, oh. it's just a wonderful it, movie. In, in He's Remains actually of the Day. good in where he plays the Kellogg guy, Road to Wellville. That's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun <laughs> weird, underrated movie. movie. I hated it. You know why you hated that movie? Because when you were a kid you saw the trailer and you thought it was going to have a lot of Dana Carvey. And, and it <laughs> no, was so funny. Dana Carvey was so funny in the trailer. And then you go see the movie and you're like, ugh, this movie's gross and it's about shit and sex and masturbation it's uncomfortable and uh and it's just crazy but i think it's worth revisiting maybe i should watch i it. think it's worth revisiting it, that i didn't have I the Danny Carvey thing but years. i did feel like this movie is gross and and, and maybe we should all watch it he's, he's really it. bonkers in it he's like he plays the the head of kellogg's i know i interrupted you sorry but he's like no, you know okay. It's my, it's my, he's like, I think he's got a line where he, he says something like, you know, it's my personal belief that sex is unnatural and unnecessary or something like that. <laughs> he's like, you should just eat cornflakes or he's like, plays that kind yes. of character. You know, what's funny is, uh, he uses that exact same voice as Richard Nixon. Uh, <laughs> bunny, bunny. <laughs> but in, um, Reigns of the Day is the one where he plays the butler to a rich American living in England played by Christopher Reeves. Mm. At the advent of the world of the Second World War, where the American is also a Nazi sympathizer. Oh my! So uh, not only is it a great Anthony Hopkins movie, it's also one of Christopher Reeve's best performances. I think. Really? Nice. Along with uh, everybody, ever seen Noises Off with him? Oh yeah, and, I never uh, saw it all the way through. I think. And Michael Crichton, Michael Crichton, Michael Caine, <laughs> uh, Michael Caine, uh, Marklin Baker, really? Julie oh, yeah. Haggerty, uh, Carol Burnett. Carol really Burnett. Funny. Yeah, that's a really funny movie. It is. That's uh, Peter Bogdanovich, right? That directed it, yeah, and yeah, and um, and John Ritter, uh, one of the best John right. Ritter roles ever, where he's the guy who can never finish a thought, That's and right. he has that long speech where he says to Michael Caine, the director, he's like, you know, I've worked with a lot of directors, some are complete bastards, some complete geniuses, but I've never worked with anyone who is just so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, That's, but, that uh, was a great movie. 
Oh, but what I was going to say, uh, so I saw the most recent, I saw The Wolfman that came out this year uh-huh. with Benicio Del Toro, and it's a ridiculous <laughs> movie, but I really enjoy it. And I'll tell you what, I don't know when, the, I don't think I've enjoyed Anthony Hopkins this much since The Edge. Like, he is <laughs> so much fun really? in, uh, in The Wolfman. Like, he and Hugo Weaving, like, they understand the movie that they're acting in, and they just, they just have so much fun rolling these ridiculous lines around in their mouths. Oh, it's it's really a uh, right. A, a, I, I a movie think I, I resisted Anthony Hopkins for many years uh, over the past, or many pa- and but now it's sort of like, okay, look at him, he's having fun. Yeah, like before I was like, oh, Anthony Hopkins, so pretentious, but now it's like, now he just wants to make never yeah. to you little it. Yeah, if anything, he's a he's a complete. He has. I didn't see a, that a total slipstream. lack of pretension. Uh, Did you right see now. that Slipstream movie that he directed? No, I hear no. that. Okay, was crazy. well, later on, check out the trailer. It's nuts. I haven't seen All the right. movie. Uh, I don't want what has happened to Anthony Hopkins to happen to Hugo Weaving, though, because he's right. uh, in Australia. He was, I think, he's a respected dramatic actor, and he did varied roles. You know, he's in Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, but he's also yeah. in that movie, The Interview, which is yeah. an awesome movie. Uh, and then he comes here as, uh, you know, in, in The Matrix, Mr. Andy. Yeah. You even help your landlady take out her, her garbage. garbage. <laughs> um, you and can't now, do uh, now I feel like that. that's that's kind of what he's uh, locked into in America is being sort of a broad villain. Uh, v, he was in so. v. V, 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 v. V Vendetta. V for Vendetta, yeah. Which I didn't see. Oh, he's very good in it. But then he's gonna isn't he he's gonna be playing the Red Skull in sure will be. Captain America, which I'm on the one hand excited about, but I also I don't want him to be pigeonholed. Yeah, but he'll be great. <laughs> oh, there's no question he'll be great. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I mentioned this in the live show about uh, Jackie Earl Haley. People just don't want to see Hugo Weaving's, Weaving's face. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no, thank you. Just put a mask on it, or put him just slather him in makeup. I don't want to see that horrible angular face. <laughs> What's next on your what, uh, let's let's what's important that you need to get to because we're yeah. running out of time here. Okay, uh, well let's see. I'll rattle off. I'll, I'll just I'll just go through some quick ones real quick. All right. Um, going from Anthony pa- Hopkins to Anthony Perkins, uh, there's a good one called "Someone Behind the Door," starring Anthony Perkins and Charles Bronson, where Charles Bronson plays an amnesiac, who uh, and Anthony Perkins gives a great. They're both really great, but Anthony Perkins gives a great performance as an evil doctor. Who uh, is trying to set up Bronson to murder his wife, murder Perkins's wife? Um, so that's really fun. Someone behind the door. Um, also, really good that it's, I watched on this sort of um, rip uh, at Cinephile this movie called, you won't remember the title, but it's called Unman Wittering and Zygo. It's a British thriller starring David Hemmings uh, mm. from Blow Up, Blow Up uh, as a teacher who's new to school, and then the students tell him that. Uh, uh, when he tries to discipline them, he's like, "Oh, you're not going to make us come in on Saturday, are you, sir? You know that's what our last teacher. That's what our last teacher did. That's why we killed him. Hmm. You know." And so I'll leave you with that. Um, th- this one, there's uh, one called the or the Toby Hooper's The Fun House. I was pleasantly surprised with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really want to touch. Oh, and the little girl who lives down the lane, starring Jodie Foster. I thought that was really cool. She plays like this mysterious girl, and she, people are always like, "Where's your father? When's he home? He's out of town. He's working. He can't be bothered." And um, Martin Sheen plays like a sleazy kind of child molester pervert, you know, who's always harassing her, and she's a little sinister, and she falls in love with this other teenage boy. Um, but uh, 
The what one is, uh, I'm sorry. What is uh, to go back to uh, the Fun House? Uh-huh. I feel like I might have seen it when I was younger. What is it, uh, about? it about? It's uh, it's it's like basically like a horror movie at a that takes place, um, you know, at a carnival. And is uh, there a killer in a Frankenstein mask? Yes. Or am I think? Yes. That, okay. Yes. All right. That's the one. That is a really creepy movie. It scared it's, the hell out of me when I was a kid. It's fun. It's good. I think it's yeah. legit. Like people try to shit on Toby Hooper. Uh, movies, you know, except for the good ones, and uh, I think that <laughs> ranks up there with the good ones. You know, it's it's, it's fun, like Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw Two and Poltergeist, and uh, and it does not. Uh, it looks nice. It too. doesn't let up. Much like Texas Chainsaw, it does not let up. Yeah, and and it's got a crazy killer, you know, who yeah. like when you finally see how crazy he is, you're like, whoa, he's yeah. crazy. And the visuals are really cool. Yeah, it's a good horror movie, and I believe Rick Baker designed the monster mask. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, I've always said Texas Chainsaw Massacre best ending in the history of cinema. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good ending. Like when I just, I'll just, it'll just pop into my mind out of nowhere some days and give me chills. Just that ending, just him on the road dancing around with his chainsaw. Yeah, and her just like a feral animal screaming in the bed of that truck is yeah amazing. There's a one called The Unseen, which I want to give a high recommendation to, but a warning. Because if you watch the DVD, which you should, Stephen First is featured in the movie, but he gives a really big spoiler at the beginning. He's like, hey, you know how they sometimes do that on DVDs where they're like, well, geez, it's been 30 years since I've seen this. I hope you enjoy this little movie I did years ago. And, like, he does one of those. Just fast forward right through it if you can because he's like, ooh, if you watch this movie, you're going to see blah, blah, blah. It's like, you asshole. Like, that's <laughs> the big surprise, you know? Um, so, yeah, and that stars Sidney Lassick, who plays Charlie Cheswick, um, as sort of the villain. Um, and uh, um, But the one that I'm most excited about uh, is this film called The Legacy, which uh, I really enjoyed. It's a It's a horror movie, and it stars... Sam Elliott uh, and Catherine Ross, and I believe they're married, and that's the film they met on. But um, huh. um, it's called The Legacy, and it's directed by Return of the Jedi's Richard Marquand. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's about um, it's about what would you say? I guess it's a couple for, from Southern California who are like you know designers and things like they're. Uh, Catherine Ross is sort of summoned to England for a job, and then they all these things keep going wrong, and they wind up in this like big mansion and keep having to stay. And the man who invited them to the mansion has disappeared, and they keep saying he's sick, and um, um, you know, and it keeps turning out there's the whole legacy uh, thing where she's been invited to be a part of this sort of secret society that is the guy's legacy, and all these people in the house start dying, and Roger Daltrey's in it, and um. Uh, there's a great murder scene which I'll spoil because it was spoiled to me beforehand. It, I believe it was in the trailer where a girl's swimming um, in a pool, a sexy lady's swimming in a pool, and she goes to the bottom of the pool and she's swimming. And then she, when she comes up to the top, she can't get out because there's a gla- sheet of glass over the pool. Hmm. Uh, so Whoa. she's banging on the pool. And uh, it's really fun, and Sam Elliott kicks a lot of ass, and he's like, I can't believe There's a few times where he's like, where where I guess when I was watching it where I was thinking like, why don't they just really? Why doesn't he just really kick some ass? You know, <laughs> but I was thinking that a few times. But it's really fun. Uh, and the name and, is really scary at parts. Is what was the, the name? legacy? The legacy, and that's Richard Marquand. Yeah, 
Now, it sounds like with the uh, the films that you've been suggesting, uh, I'm noticing that horror seems to be something that you've been into lately. Yeah, I was watching a lot of horror. I have some other ones, you know, like when I started stretching out to the Lee J. Cobb stuff, you know. All right, I, yeah, yeah. I got into, like, Man of the West, directed by Anthony Mann, and, like, uh, you know, st- which I just watched the other day. And, um, uh, but, yeah, a lot of these, you know, I also have some other ones on the list, which I didn't say, like, the posi- well, that's another one. Oh, like, So Fine with... Ryan O'Neill and the Klansman, which is like total schlock, but it's got Lee Marvin um, in a town as the sheriff in the town where the Klan is um, really prevalent. And O.J. Simpson plays a black guy who picks off Klan members with a rifle. Hmm. Um, So that's interesting. And it's written in part by Sam Fuller. Also, I enjoyed, you know, for better or worse, the movie Cruising, which is a big mess directed by William Friedkin. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Starring Al Pacino as someone who has no character whatsoever. Um but it's super fun. Um, and I watched The Seventh Victim. Yeah, I guess I did watch a lot of horror movies. Um, yeah. I could just keep rattling them off, but, you know, it feels well, like you guys are getting bored. Uh, but I want to <laughs> talk for a second about... No, I'm looking things up that are oh, yeah. related to the show. It looks like I'm on my phone, but I'm doing <laughs> research. Because I wanted to talk about Richard Marquand. Uh-huh. And I guess I'm not a big Star Wars nerd. How did that guy get the movie? Because I looked him up. He's only directed, he only directed a handful of movies. Before and he, that? He, and he died four years after... Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it's that maybe it's just that because I always hear like was offered to direct Return of the Jedi and turned it down. So I guess it's like maybe they just couldn't find anyone because I believe they asked. I know they asked David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. I know they asked David Cronenberg. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they asked David Cronenberg. I know they, you know, Steven Spielberg. Like, I think he turned it down or he wanted to direct it or something or yeah. Lucas wouldn't let him. Uh, and. Um, Man, how phallic would those lightsabers have been if uh, Cronenberg had directed that film? Or maybe they would have been like something from inside the body. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They would yeah. have been like personal emissions. <laughs> and and maybe the uh the gliders, you know, like would have been like connected to the body. You yeah. Installed them to your body. The Ewoks are inside out for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um Oh, and and you know, I guess Job of the Hut he probably oh, he probably see, stayed I, the same. I, 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 yeah, I always I was think like the Sarlacc is that what it's called the Sarlacc pit. The yeah. Sarlacc pit is already kind of Cronenbergian. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It seems like a lot of it. Like every time I hear about that, I like Return of the Jedi, but it seems like every time I hear uh, one of those guys, I'm like, well, it sounds like it would have been pretty cool if yeah. one yeah. of those guys directed it. But even Irvin Kershner, who made Empire Strikes Back, didn't do a whole lot else. He did Never Say Never Again and some other mm-hmm. stuff. And Empire did Strikes Back is is the he did he's more than Richard Marquand, but he didn't, you know, studio director. Yeah, what I'm saying is he's not, he's not, not a, 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 he's not a name the way a lot of these other people. Uh-huh. Are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say about the, anything about the talent of either, of them, especially Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie in my opinion. Well, and you're basically trusting a franchise with with people who are, you know, s- at best a solid studio director, and then you know, uh, Empire he, he, you know, hits it out of the park and. And Return of the Jedi is a per- is a perfectly solid film as far as like action as far as the directing goes as far as yeah. the action goes. But why? I mean, I, I guess why did George Lucas insist on directing the prequels and not the other three? And why after Empire didn't Irvin Kershner stay on for Return of the Jedi? Well, I don't know. Yeah, he was still alive at that point. Maybe he had another directing job. Yeah. Um, and I would say, as far as yeah. Lucas directing the prequels, I would say probably. Fifteen years of everyone's of these things becoming pretty much a religion, 
He probably lost a certain degree of perspective. <laughs> you know, you can speculate and speculate, but there's no way we'll ever really know. I think well, I would prefer that, to speculate and speculate. That documentary, yeah. The People, People versus George Lucas, is playing at the Los Angeles Film Festival really? this, um, this week. Rodney Asher pointed out this great thing on YouTube where it's a guy and he did the series of reviews about... Yeah. Have you seen it? Is that I've heard of them. I have talked to Oh, voice. yeah, yeah. I love those things. And they're like 90-minute reviews. Yeah. And, and they're and he breaks them down like yeah. very specifically. And in spite of the fact that the guy is And I watched some of them. In spite of the fact that he's in character and it's very funny, his comments are actually very thoughtful yeah. and he very really thought him out. It's yeah. a great review. Yeah. Very it's insightful. Weird that it's almost like you can make a feature-length review on YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, provided you've got plenty of material and the prequels yeah. provide you with a <laughs> lot of material. Yeah, he's got a lot to say. He, he does yeah. an interesting thing where he asks like his friends and just random people. He goes like um Describe, you know, describe uh, Han Solo, you know, yeah. without without saying what he looks like and without, you know, um, some other restriction. You right, know? right. And they say, you know, he's a rebel. He's yeah. uh, he's a scoundrel. He's, he's a scoundrel. He's just confident. You know, yeah, he's confident. Bit of a cad. Bit of you a know, cat. And, then, and then they say, you know, describe <laughs> Qui Gon Jinn, and they're like, he's serious. Uh, he's tall. No, don't say what he looks like. He's uh. Stoic, he's wise, or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they don't really say. And then they do they do it with all the characters. Yeah, they know? do it with like C three PO, and then they go to Queen Amidala, and they're like, Ah, uh, yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's a uh, serious. Yeah, she's a. Uh, she applies serious? her lipstick interestingly. Yeah, yeah that, that that counts how she looks. Uh. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, th- those reviews. I I do recommend them because just they are very funny. Yeah, but it is some of the. It, this is going to sound strange. Some of the best film criticism I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Oh, I also watched Fireman's Ball, directed by Milos Forman, which I thought, which I'd put off watching for years, and it was really fun. And that silly. is in in my Netflix queue. I've got uh, a Milos Forman chunk coming up. I actually already. I recently watched Loves of a Blonde. I never saw that. Was any good? Yeah, it's good. Um, and is, is it like silly or what is it like? It's got some. I don't know if it's silly. I mean, it's got a lot of. Drunken shenanigans in it. That's what fireman's balls feel like. It's it's got yeah. a lot of like sort of like you know, co- big committees making bumbling mistakes. Right. You know. And I think my next two movies in the queue are fireman's ball and closely watched trains. Uh huh. That's not Foreman though. That's another check. But that's check. Yeah. yeah. I I make these leaps in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that I. That's not Foreman. That I I feel like the audience is just following me on and they're yeah. not. But uh, this has been fun. Absolutely. And I hope yeah. uh, you guys were listening with a. Uh, a pen and a piece of paper. Hope I yeah, didn't yeah. bore anyone uh, with my rambling. I think we, I think this was a good discussion. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to poke a little fun at Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, so, thanks for joining us again, Josh Fadum. You bet. I'd and love to. I'd love to. I'd love to come back. You know, in a month or two. Uh, maybe you guys, I recommend some movies. You try to watch them, and then we can all talk about it. <laughs> I think I like this one. I like the way this worked, <laughs> where I just talk about them. Yeah, it, ta- it takes the pressure off of us. Uh-huh. You know, we've been working hard on this show for a while, and uh-huh. maybe just have you come on. and Maybe I'll just keep sending you titles. You seen this? No. no. You seen this? No. No. I'm not going to see any of these. <laughs> no. Feel free to come on and talk about them, though. I like that you talked about it, though. Yeah, absolutely. I still won't see it. 
So you can find us, as always, at BattleshipRetention.com. We're in iTunes. Search under Battleship Retention. You can email us, David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. Follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash ThePretension or Tyler at Twitter.com slash MoreLessons, which is the uh, Twitter feed for his other podcast, More Than One Lessons. You can find it at MoreThanOneLesson.com or under iTunes, More Than One Lesson. You can find my other podcast, Previously On, by searching for Previously On in iTunes. Josh, where can people find you on the Internet? They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on. Uh, they can find me on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Josh Fadum. Uh, I write a joke. Try to write some jokes every day. I'm not someone who's going to post a lot of links uh, unless it's to a video that I made mm-hmm. uh, or something. I really, really it's rare. I'll post a link. I'm not going to be talking about who I'm hanging out with on Twitter. Just try or to have conversations. Mostly, just try to write something. You know, a joke or something silly or stupid. So you'll find me on Twitter doing that. I'm there's new to a lot Twitter. of you got a lot of good videos on Funnier Die right now. Mm-hmm. You can check me out on the Funnier Die or YouTube, even though they screwed up the uh, password thing and now I can't get on there. Um, um, now I Josh, believe, I'm tweeting right now that I'm hanging out with you. There you go. Suck on that. Um, <laughs> That's all right. You can tweet about me. Can, hang out with me, but can, can you tweet that you were on the show, please? <laughs> oh yeah, when it when it uh, when it when you when it releases, I'll say. Okay. Well, this, this one will out. be up. Tonight, yeah, uh, the other, the the summer movie preview movie Wednesday. Tell you what, yeah. you send me a link, I'm tweeting it. Got yourself a deal. Sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah, and there's a there's a, a video that I specifically recommend that I that I uh, really enjoyed, directed by the uh, aforementioned uh, Rodney Asher. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Called I believe Visions of Terror. Uh huh. Which uh, star uh, stars uh, our buddy Josh? Yeah, here. he and I rewrote it. It's very very funny. I highly recommend it. Thank you. So it's good stuff. Unrecognizable. Yes. You're unrecognizable. As a boogeyman. So, all right. So, thanks everybody for listening. And, uh, oh, hang on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Our our live show, our second live show Uh is going to be going up this week. Yeah. So, uh, we're not quite sure exactly when that'll be, but uh, this week, you got a lot of stuff. You got this. We got a BP supplement with uh, Josh coming up. Uh, this week and yeah. the the live show, so be on the lookout. It, both for that. of those are long. You got your yeah. lineup set for the live show, the next uh, one. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we're just posting the uh, audio. The one that the just last one. I see. I see. The next yeah. one is probably September fourth. Yeah, that's we're what we're have, looking well, at. That's a long yeah. time. You do it. You don't do it monthly. No, no, mine uh, no. Quarterly. Yeah, once oh, every three months. Okay. Yeah, uh, right. my heart couldn't take a monthly right, show. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll get you next time. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Bye.